Welcome to the Legacy Makers at Work podcast. My name is Liz Stern, and this podcast is for Gen Xers and aspiring leaders in mid-career seeking to create an intentional work legacy aligned with their personal purpose and vision while in the midst of a busy, complex life. Our listeners desire guidance to identify, create, and implement their intentional legacy at work. They want to grasp opportunities to transform organizational cultures and accelerate their success. They are seeking fulfillment of their purpose and meaningful contributions, impact beyond themselves. I am here with my co-host, Phyllis Weiss-Hazaro, and our guest, Dr. Lindy Miles. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we're really looking forward to it. I am so pleased to introduce our guest, Dr. Lindy Miles, who, a millennial, still in her 30s, has packed an impressive amount of important cancer research into her career since her 2009 BS in biochemistry and molecular biology at Pennsylvania State University. And that was followed by a PhD in pharmacology and molecular sciences from John Hopkins School of Medicine in 2016. She did her postdoctoral fellowship at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center with research aimed to dissect the development of acute myeloid leukemia and to better understand the underlying complexity of disease. Since August 2022, just a few months ago, Lindy has run an independent lab and is currently an assistant professor at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center, continuing her career cancer research and eventually adding a focus on children and families. Her independent lab continues her postdoctoral work. During her research career, Lindy has been generously funded through multiple prestigious fellowships, including Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, Career Development Fellow Award, a Marie Jose Kravis Women in Science Endeavor Fellow Award, and currently a National Cancer Institute Pathway to Independence Award. And a proud native of central Pennsylvania, she has been active in the New York City chapter of the Penn State Alumni Association since 2015, serving on the executive board since 2017 and as president of the chapter from 2018 to 21. Lindy currently lives in Cincinnati, where she enjoys running and being outdoors during her free time. So we are so happy to welcome you to our podcast, Lindy, and have you share your perspectives for our listeners. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So Lindy, thank you for joining us. My first question for you is, what are your core values and how have they guided and informed your journey and how have they helped to define your work legacy? That's a really great question. You know, I think a few of my core values and really the things that have led me overall throughout my life in passion, caring, caring for others, 
motivation, also independence. And I think that all four of those really play a huge role in the career fields that I chose to follow in. But in terms of how they define my legacy, science in general is a hard career and one that takes a lot of persistence in terms of just getting to where I am in my career right now took almost 15 years of my life to get where I am right now. So to be kind of at that starting stage of a career at the age of 33, that you need a lot of persistence, but you also need to love your job and and love what you do. And, And part of that is my passion and motivation to care for others. Being in the cancer field, all of us are in this to try and improve patients' lives. And whether we're doing that at the bedside, directly interacting with patients, or me working at the bench to really try to understand these diseases. So the doctors that are seeing these patients at the bedside have the best treatment options for those patients. Um, I think all of those tie together to really kind of drive me and drive where my career has gone. In terms of defining a legacy and using those to define a legacy, I think there's two versions of it. One is the scientific legacy, where I'm sitting in a place where Albert Sabin discovered and tested the first polio vaccine, which was monumental in public health. And everyone would love to have, you know, to be able to discover a vaccine or cure a disease here. So obviously there's the goal of scientific legacy and making that big of an impact on science and patients. But I also think there's the personnel or mentorship legacy that honestly to me is more important in terms of making sure that when I look back at my career that is tracked more on the people than on the discoveries that my lab makes that I help to train and help to mentor people that are going to be way better than me <laughs> and much more talented than I am. And, you know, that I think is, is way more important in terms of a legacy is the, the people that come after you, that you help to, to guide to be bigger and better than you are. Yes, I, I totally agree. I think that most people, when it comes to their legacies, and they truly think about what that means to them, what people remember is more about how you made them feel. Did you see them? All those things, were were they part of your life and your professional perspective? And did you help them imagine something even better? I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I think that most people would like to have influence over something bigger than themselves. And uh, to know that you have given a leg up to the next or the next generation of uh, people that work in your in your area. One thing you shared with me in our previous long conversation is what you found so different about the culture of the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center from the other employers you could have moved to. Would you like to elaborate on that for our listeners and how it relates to your intentional work legacy? You know, I'm, I'm glad you you brought that back up because I, I don't have enough opportunity to, to promote how amazing Cincinnati Children's is. So this gives me another reason to do so. One of the biggest things that, that brought me here to, to Children's um, was the environment. And this was an environment from that really came from the top down, you know, from the, the CEO and the director of the research foundation, which is my boss's 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 boss, 
who I met with while I was interviewing, but really trickled down through to my mentors here now that everyone here is trying to help everyone else be better and do better science and make better discoveries and really just improve everyone else because the ethos here is really that a rising tide raises all ships. And that was very different than, than some of the institutions that I had been at or and or interviewed at where there was levels of kind of almost competition or trying to one-up you know, the person that is working next to you. I wasn't personally in those situations. You know, my mentors and the labs that I were in were all very collaborative. So I was very lucky to have mentors and colleagues that were very collaborative, but I found out very quickly that that was not the norm, that that was the exception, you know, and seeing it on an institutional scale, really with this collaboration and kind of just inter-institutional support from the ground up and the top down was so eye-opening and super exciting to be a part of. It is very inspiring. There's times where being in this office by myself, <laughs> you can start to kind of only focus on you and your lab and, and what you need to do and what you need to take care of personally in terms of your lab and your career. But the constant kind of support and collaboration here really tries to prevent that from being the only focus and really kind of motivates everyone here to collaborate to, you know, if, if there's something, a reagent or an expertise that I can lend to another colleague that helps their research go forward, it is very welcomed and kind of expected. And, and I think that that is really important for science. Team science is becoming more and more normalized. And I think something that people are now expecting this kind of team science view of things instead of, you know, one person can do everything. That's really going to be important for kind of moving the needle when it comes to, to scientific breakthroughs, um, improving patients' lives. It definitely seems the way to go and, you know, should motivate and make people happier in their work. Lindy, I, I have to say that I love that rising tide raises all ships. It's so true. And the collaborative environment at Children's is, is definitely an unusual environment in the scientific fields, I think. And I think that's just, that's really awesome. So that's, you've kind of answered the part of the next question, which is, what is your vision of your purposeful work legacy? But the other part that you haven't really is at what point in your career did it develop? And what is the impact? I think you've, you've answered some of this as well. The impact you strive to have on students, collaborating scientists in your and other labs with cancer researchers in general and with the patients and families that your work helps. In terms of the first part of the first question, you know, not only thinking about kind of my scientific legacy, but mentorship legacy. But the other thing that I think this kind of collaborative environment really lends a hand to here at Children's is that from day one, my input has been not only respected, but welcomed in terms of even as a incoming assistant professor, there were things that worked really well in terms of onboarding and logistics and, you know, moving a lab is, is no small feat, <laughs> even if it's a starting lab. And, you know, there were things that worked really well. There were things that hit hiccups and, and roadblocks, and we had to find kind of alternative options for, but in all of that, they 
were looking for my feedback. And I think that that's one place where, you know, sometimes I think people are sometimes a little worried about giving honest feedback because they think it's going to come across as whining or complaining or going to come across in a negative light. But I think here their intention with that feedback is to improve it for the next person. And if that's even a little bit of my legacy is helping to build a better onboarding system or, or fix some of the hiccups and the roadblocks that I ran into to help the next person have a smoother transition into an independent faculty position. Those are the types of opportunities here that are welcomed. Whereas I think in other institutions, you know, kind of that feedback is not as welcome. And so I think, you know, being able to build better standard operating procedures or, or kind of having those procedures in place here is something that I'm hoping I can help with um, in terms of just on the infrastructure side. When it comes to the mentorship, which I really consider kind of the most important, one of the things that, that Children's did as a, like a junior faculty boot camp when I first started, and one thing they talked about was mentoring both up and down mentoring people that are training with you or that are at the trainee level, but also mentoring your mentors, making sure that they understand their potential pitfalls and places where their weaknesses might lie in terms of that mentoring relationship. And it was funny because I look back on the relationships I've had with my mentors and one with my postdoc mentor, Ross Levine, it 100% was very much a two-way mentoring relationship. I reflected on that and it made me realize how much respect it takes for Ross to have in me to appreciate that feedback, you know, and, and to welcome that feedback. It takes a very strong person to be able to to listen, you know, when you say like, I don't think this is working. I think we need to, you know, or say like, you know, that came across not the way I think you wanted it to come across. And I learned so much from that and using Ross as a, Ross is a phenomenal mentor. Let me just kind of short and sweet, you know, one of the best out there and using him as a model, honestly, is really kind of how I think I started to craft what my legacy would look like. He is kind of the perfect, perfect person to imitate. I always walked away from my interactions with him wanting to be a little more like him after every single one and striving to be like him as a mentor. And so I think that's been one of the biggest things in terms of when I start to think about my intentional crafting of my legacy, it's really been crafting it after the way that Ross has mentored me and figuring out what works for me, what doesn't work for me, because we are obviously not the same person, but kind of using that as a, you know, kind of jumping off point. And when I think about what I hope to contribute to my trainees and the people that are working in my lab and my colleagues that are, you know, kind of in the same place as me, I hope that they always think that the door is open, that I'm here for them no matter what. I'm a very loyal person, probably to a fault. And so I hope that they know that there's always a ride or die that's kind of sitting, you know, trying to be their cheerleader and supporter. That I think is super important in legacy relationship is that you feel like you have a supporter on the good days, but also on the bad days. And that that person isn't going to leave you because things get tough. So being there as an open door and a whiteboard, if you will, to kind of brainstorm and be a resource, but also just be that person that they feel like they can come to if there is a problem and 
feel free to vent and be honest, get both honest, but also critical feedback. One thing that a lot of people I think sometimes have a hard time giving, but also receiving. It's hard to try and give tough feedback in a lot of situations, but I think sometimes it needs to be heard and trying to have the courage to do that and walk the line of it not coming across as offensive or hurtful and that it's not personal. It's just trying to help make that person better or make their project better, you know, kind of whatever, whatever the situation is. But I think that's, that's kind of how I'm hoping people (laughs) will view me kind of as a, as a colleague and a mentor. I think that's, that's really powerful. Lindy, you just said so many important things. First of all, I hope that Ross hears this podcast so that he hears the wonderful things that you said about him. Mentoring should be open up and down. So it's great that that's being emphasized. And culture of feedback is so important. And is it needs to be instituted in workplaces personally everywhere. And aside from the fact that it's so difficult, I think that people don't get trained about how to give feedback anywhere. You know, it's very unusual and, and it's so important. And Lindy, my experience with, I was on the board, uh, Global Health Board at a major hospital here and thinking about how the mentoring process and the legacy development of those particular individuals, it was very, very challenging. So I think what Ross and you have created in your mentoring-mentee relationship is really powerful, and it should serve as a great example to others as how to do it. Thanks. Definitely. The two of you should go on a road show talking. (laughs) It would be very helpful to a lot of people. I appreciate that. Yes, for sure. So, Lindy, you also told me when we had our conversation previously that scientific research was not your initial career path, and actually it was a very different one. So do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, What, if anything, you view as similar in training intensity and what attracted you to science? I always joke that science was my second love and my second life and my former life I was a dancer. So I, at the age of three, I started doing ballet, classical ballet. By the age of nine, I was dancing about 30 to 40 hours a week, every evening and on the weekends. Graduated high school early to go dance professionally. Ended up only being able to to dance professionally for less than a year. I got injured kind of almost right away. And at that time, it was a kind of chronic career ending injury. I moved home, tail between my legs, I was home for a, for a few weeks, moping around what I had envisioned my life being for, you know, at least the next 10, 15 years had kind of come to an abrupt end. And I remember my mom sat down next to me and she was like, so are you going to college or are you going to go find a job? She was like, cause you're not sitting here anymore and moping. you got to get up and on to the next thing. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to college. <laughs> I had always really loved science. I grew up in a science household. My dad was my sixth grade science teacher, and my mom was a pharmaceutical sales rep for Merck her entire career. I mean, we had a microscope, we had a telescope. I did science experiments for fun. I mean, you know, total nerd growing up anyway. So 
When I thought back to what classes I really enjoyed the most in high school and it was science. And so, you know, when I went to Penn State, chose to do biochemistry and kind of never looked back. It's been surprising, actually, as I've gone through my career in science to realize how many people that are in the science areas, either medical or doing more kind of biological science, kind of more basic scientific research, how many of them actually have a background in the arts, whether it be dancing or playing an instrument or singing or acting it's actually pretty surprising. I think I could, you know, kind of put together a full orchestra from the the people I know. That's been really actually pretty cool. And, you know, kind of while I'm, while thinking kind of about your question, I, I think that part of it is that rigorous training, you know, you get used to, lack of a better word, sacrificing uh, a lot of your free time to studying, to practicing, going to different performances or concerts or, or training, you know, or, or private, private classes. And I think that rigorous training schedule makes a person one need to be very time efficient, you know, in terms of being able to get their work done, manage their time so that they can go do a lot of these things that are usually extracurricular. But I think it's also motivation and having that persistence. None of those fields are easy to be in, in terms of the arts, you know, a lot of them are very competitive and there's, you know, a handful of spots that hundreds are trying to, to, to get to. So I think that it's the same type of person or same personality that can handle a, a kind of an, a serious artistic career that can also handle a serious scientific career. I think the other part is the creativity aspect and all artists are thought to be creative, but, you know, we also get to be creative on the science side. We come up with experiments and questions and ways to answer those questions. And a lot of that is creativity. And there are some ridiculously creative minds on the scientific field that they were able to apply that to art in any form. We'd have way more Hamiltons <laughs> than care to care to say. So it is very parallel. There's a lot of parallels that I I didn't appreciate until I, you know, kind of continued in my scientific career and saw how many parallels there were between the creativity that you need to be a really good artist and a, the creativity you need to be a scientist. But so yeah, it's been, it's definitely interesting. It definitely feels like two worlds, but the more and more you look at it, the, the more you can kind of see the parallels. <laughs> That's fascinating explanation. And, you know, I, I can see that. And I think there's a lot of, yeah, with math and, and art also, yep. which is similar. Yeah. yeah. And Lindy, I totally appreciate where you're coming from. I played the viola for 21 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, quite a few of my friends are in the medical sciences and others are concert pianists and so forth. But so, yeah, yeah I, I, I totally appreciate the uh, the connection. So having started so early on such an impactful career as cancer research, what are your next steps on your legacy journey? My lab is just getting started here. I have two research assistants working for me. They're already phenomenal. While I want to get my science up and running and get experiments going and, and be able to start kind of applying for grants and to keep the lab running, you know, the biggest thing for me is hiring the right 
group of people together that can have that team science atmosphere and that can work together to answer some of these questions that we want to try and answer. The two that I have right now are awesome and are already very much starting to work together to help to get the lab up and running and and working with me to get the lab up and running. But they also have their own aspirations outside of just getting my lab up and running. And so one of my biggest goals is cultivating those aspirations, whether it be eventually going back to get their bachelor's or one of the others is hoping to go to graduate school, but trying to figure out kind of what avenue of graduate school or kind of what concentration he wants to focus on having the freedom to to cultivate those and figure out for themselves what avenues they want to go is something that I'm trying to find ways to empower them to do that. I'm also in the process of trying to recruit graduate students so that I can have formal mentorship relationships with some of the students here um, and trainees here. But in the meantime, uh, have, you know, kind of become involved in the different graduate programs. And again, kind of hoping to serve as a indirect mentor or informal mentor to anyone who really needs it. Having people that are not part of your thesis committee or that aren't your direct supervisor or, you know, PI is really important to have, especially as a grad student and and even probably more importantly as a postdoc, as you're thinking about kind of what that independent career looks like after you leave your postdoctoral fellowship. So trying to be as in front of everyone as possible um, without annoying them or overstaying my welcome, but, you know, trying to show that I'm there, I'm willing to help however I can, the door's always open. That's kind of the, the short term, you know, I think long term I think back to the the Penn State Alumni Association, you know, people always ask me why I would get involved in doing something like that when I was really busy with science and career and, you know, and I was like, it, it was just so fun to one, give back, but you just get to meet so many cool people, you know, being the president of an alumni association. And I think the same can be true about the position I'm in now. I mean, I get to meet so many fantastic and inspiring people, not only patients and, and families, but also the foundations that are raising money for these patients and families like the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, but also these trainees, they have just as cool kind of origin stories as I do. And, you know, or, or some are, some of them are even better. And so getting to kind of hear those and, and seeing kind of how they are approaching science, I think is something I'm really interested in learning. And I think that Again, it makes the way that I mentor uh, better. The more people I can interact with and kind of get an understanding of how they want to be mentored, the I think the better mentor I become. I'm just really excited long-term to to serve as that mentor to as many who want me to be their mentor. And, and hopefully that becomes more of a people welcome here, both as uh, trainees, but also as colleagues and and even my mentors here, you know, that that we can have that same type of relationship that Ross and I have with regard to kind of the two-way mentoring. So yeah, that's kind of long-term plan. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, sharing your experiences, that mutual sharing of your experiences and your stories allows people to imagine something else, whether it's you or the people that you're sharing with. And that's a really powerful opportunity to imagine how you can create something different. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I always like to make sure we get 
this question in. What takeaways would you like to leave for the listeners? You have to approach every opportunity, whether you're looking forward to that opportunity or not, as a opportunity to learn from. You know, it could be something that you don't want to do, but is required or required training or required like networking or any of those types of things and use those as learning experiences, but you never know who you're going to meet. You know, like I've said, I've met some really phenomenal people from experiences that I didn't think were going to be at all helpful in my career. And some of them turned out to be phenomenal. You know, I got involved in the Penn State alumni organization, honestly, at the start to have people to hang out with and watch Penn State football. (laughs) You know, I ended up meeting people that I now use as kind of my board of directors and and my mentors, you know, kind of at all aspects of my life. And, you know, I, I went into that thinking, oh, I'll just meet some friends, but I've, I've honestly met, you know, and, and added to my network in such a positive way and, and added to my development, both personal and career in such a positive way that that was probably one of the most important decisions of my life to get involved in that organization and going into every opportunity just with an open mind and, you know, and an open heart and trying to make sure that you're coming out of whatever you just spent your time on with either new knowledge, a new, you know, colleague, a new experience, you know, you never realize who you're impacting and affecting just by being there and and saying what you say. And if people were a little more mindful of that, we might not have as much negative things being said at meetings and stuff. But I think you never know when those mentoring opportunities or an opportunity to be mentored is going to show up. And always being mindful of that is one thing that I've learned but really trying to think of more and more as I'm in a position of leadership in terms of leading my own lab and not being a, you know, someone else's trainee that I really make sure that I'm being cognizant of that and that I'm not complaining that I have to go to a development session or, or something like that, that it's best to try and use that as a learning opportunity and a way to meet people that you have no idea how important those people might be down the line. So just keep your mind and heart open. That's awesome. So Lindy, how can listeners reach you? My email is on, if you Google Lindy Miles at CCHMC or Cincinnati Children's, my office email comes up online. It's also my first and last name separated by a dot at cchmc.org. I'm also on Twitter at Lindy Miles PhD. I uh, would love to hear from anyone you know willing to reach out. I'm also on LinkedIn if looking forward to hearing and meeting new people. Thank you. Thank you for being so open to talking to people who may be listening right now. So thank you, Lindy Miles. And thank you to our listeners. We hope this conversation encourages everyone to regularly reflect on what's most important to you and share your thoughts on work legacy with us. We can't wait to get you moving into intentional action and accelerate your work legacy. We'll be exploring planning and action steps in our forthcoming Legacy Makers at Work Impact Collective Masterminds. We're really excited to move you forward 
Contact us at LegacyMakersAtWork.com for information on the upcoming Mastermind Pilot. And we love interacting with our listeners and guests. So please send us questions you'd like us to ask our guests so we can continue a meaningful conversation with you. Go to our podcast website, LegacyMakersAtWork.com, where you'll find more information and show notes from all of our podcast episodes. Do subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and write us a review. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time.